Cannabis Media and PCM-TV programming is supported by Revolutionary Clinics in Massachusetts, the number one medical dispensary where the patient comes first. And by Salient Systems for Video Surveillance. You've got regulations, Salient has solutions for your security needs. And by Accounting Buds, your number one accounting solution for the cannabis industry. And by TCP's Style Lighting Grow Kit, all you need to grow. Hi, everyone. Welcome again to another edition of Green Rush Live, this time on location in New York City. I'm Jimmy Young, the founder of Pro Cannabis Media, and we'll have amazing interviews for you over the next couple of hours here on Pro Cannabis Media. A reminder again to please like, share, and subscribe to all of our content on the network. And we're so proud to have a weekly news show called We Talk News that follows this live stream at 6 o'clock Eastern time. Every third Friday of every month, we're able to sit down and talk a little bit with what's going on in Washington, D.C. with our friend Morgan Fox, now with the normal organization. Morgan, great to see you again. Hey, Jimmy. Great to see you as always. All right. So uh, obviously, as I it's early in the day at MJ Unpacked, obviously, uh, this was obviously recorded earlier, but we are live streaming it now. And uh, it, it must be good for someone who is in the trenches in D.C., and still knowing that the cannabis industry is alive and well and growing thanks to trade shows like this and entrepreneurial spirit and the passion for the cause. Absolutely. I mean, uh, if nothing else, uh, it's an excellent sign that the stigma around cannabis is uh, steadily eroding. And I think that um, we're more lawmakers able to see the type of shows that you're at right now. Uh, I think that um, things would probably move a little bit faster. So maybe that's something I can uh, help facilitate in the near future. Well, everybody's eyeing every little movement in Washington, D.C., sticking it under a, a microscope and seeing, does this mean federal reform is coming soon? And I guess the latest inkling that something might be brewing is, I guess, the Department of Justice uh, this week urged the Supreme Court of the United States to not rule on any of the cases that are on their docket having anything to do with cannabis because they feel that federal laws will be changing. I'm sure uh, there's more to this story. Is there anything you can enlighten us on? Not particularly. It's pretty cut and dry. Although, uh, you know, I don't necessarily know exactly what their motivations are beyond what they actually said publicly. Uh, but mm -hmm. I, you know, honestly, I think that uh, it's potentially good considering that we might be getting laws changed very soon, uh, not to start setting precedent that might potentially impact the ability to change those laws. So what's the latest, Morgan? You know, we know Chuck Schumer has said, OK, now it's going to be August. Uh, he also was at the I'm pretty sure it was at the New York City parade a couple of weeks ago celebrating cannabis and the pouring cold rain and talked about actually getting some Republican senators to at least talk to him. Is it really that difficult for one side of the aisle to talk to the other side of the aisle about this issue? Uh, pretty much about every issue these days. Um, but to tell you the truth, I don't think it's necessarily an issue of not being able to get Republicans to engage on this issue, but more of Schumer's team wanting to get a little bit more feedback from uh, committee leaders and his Democratic colleagues before presenting something and getting uh, more feedback from Republicans. Um, but 
that being said, uh, you know, I'm sure that Republicans are paying much more attention to this as well as to cannabis policy reform generally, uh, particularly as we get closer to the midterms. And uh, honestly, while you know, we see uh, a lot of uh, Republicans start parroting the Mitch McConnell lines every time Democrats include anything related to cannabis in uh, larger legislation, um, I think that's partially out of uh, concern that uh, Democrats could get in terms of a bump in the midterms. So, um, and you know, in some cases, maybe a desire to take leadership of this uh, um, this issue if the uh, the House or the Senate flips. So I was chatting with an attorney, connected attorney to the cannabis industry yesterday, and we had a little chit chat about the coal memo. They call the famous coal memo that pretty much was uh, put out there under the um, Obama administration, I'm pretty sure, and then rescinded by Jeff Sessions uh, under that other administration. And uh, he thinks that there actually might be a reinstatement of that coal memo as part of reform. Have you heard anything like that? So uh, I think that there are several things that need to happen. I mean, first of all, uh, since the coal memo was rescinded in 2018, in practical terms, we haven't really seen that much of a difference in enforcement patterns from before when the coal memo was a official policy. Um, mm -hmm. But I think that you know a lot of folks in the industry as well as consumers would you know, really prefer to see that in writing, even though it's just a policy and doesn't have the force of law, uh, you know, having it be an official statement and uh, official guidance for uh, uh, federal attorneys, I think would uh, make people rest a lot easier. Um, from my discussions with the Department of Justice, as well as Department of Interior and uh, other people that are really close to the issue, I don't think that there's going to be reinstatement of the Kohler Wilkinson memos unless directed to do so by uh, President Biden. Um, and this is clearly not a priority issue for him. Uh, you know, even though since we last spoke, uh, he pardoned a few people with uh, marijuana convictions and granted some clemency. Um, you know, it's a drop in the bucket and woefully inadequate, but at least it's moving in the right direction. That being said, <laughs> I don't think that the administration is quite there yet to start going out of its way to direct the Department of Justice to reinstate the coal memo. Um, however, uh, depending on what the appropriations process looks like, which uh, is really kind of wrapping up at this point, um, I expect to see language introduced, uh, at, at least as an amendment, that would explicitly direct the Department of Justice to uh, release an official statement about its policies regarding uh, state compliant or tribal compliant cannabis behavior. Yeah, there you go. Hey, there was a, a pretty big news item this week that did have some federal implications to it in an odd way. Uh, that this this company, uh, Bright Green Corporation, went public on NASDAQ. And uh, supposedly, the DEA has given this company the opportunity to at least build a facility to grow cannabis in New Mexico for federal research. And this was the first time that the DEA actually offered this to another operation besides the old University of Mississippi deal that's been in place for, for decades. And we know that was kind of laughed at by the industry. Um, this is a company, according to Deborah Borchart, who's my go-to uh, source on these kinds of things, you know, this is a company that has no revenue and yet they were able to raise a lot of money uh, in a bear market on the stock market. I, I know you're familiar, you must be familiar with this story. Um, is this another sign, however, that the DEA actually understands that, yes, we have to have better quality cannabis for research purposes? Well, I mean, 
the DEA has been saying for years that they were going to start uh, fast tracking approval for uh, additional producers for research purposes. Um, you know, the fact that they're finally getting around to do it, I suppose, is a good sign. Um, you know, not knowing enough beyond the article that you read about this uh, company, uh, you know, I can't necessarily say if they're particularly deserving of this uh, this application or this uh, this grant. But um, you know, I think that. Uh, Hopefully, we will see additional uh, licenses and additional dispensations being granted in the near future. Um, and if they're not, then we really need to hold the DEA accountable because you know they've been continuously upping their request quota without providing the means to actually do it. Um, you know, maybe that could get fast tracked as well when um, the conference committee for the House and Senate research bills are able to. Um, you know, come up with a reconciliation bill for that. But um, you know, I think that that's probably a few months away. There you go. Um, at taking a look at some of the states, uh, there, there was definitely a snag and a roadblock in New Hampshire uh, where they thought they might be able to get a cannabis bill in place for adult use. And then finally, a, a committee shot it down in their Senate and, uh, and Delaware. It doesn't look like now that's going to move forward. Um, are, is there anything to read in between the lines on either of those? Or is it just individual states still dealing with the stigma and the challenges of moving forward with uh, legalization and or and or decriminalization? Well, New Hampshire has been kind of a unique animal and a longstanding, frustrating and confusing issue. Uh, you know, the fact that uh, you know representatives of the live free or die state seem to be taking it as a, a point of honor that they're an island in the middle of a, a sea of sensible cannabis policy reform laws. Um, <laughs> You know, I think that that's really going to take a change in what the New Hampshire legislature looks like. Um, unfortunately, it's kind of huge. So uh, that could be uh, pretty difficult, but I'm sure that uh, the folks on the ground are already strategizing for ways to do that before the, uh, uh, the next legislative session, uh, wherever possible. Um, as far as Delaware goes, uh, that was kind of a tricky situation to begin with. You know, again, pretty unique. Uh, you know, in my experience, I'd never seen a bill get split up like that on the same uh, um, basically the same uh, session and, uh, you know, basically using one to horse trade against the other. It's pretty fascinating. Um, you know, we've been hearing some talk about how if this doesn't, uh, like if the uh, the regulation bill doesn't pass, then um, folks are going to try to veto the, uh, uh, the possession bill, which did pass. Uh, I tend to think that that is a little bit of a stretch. Um, you know, I think that that might be just something that lawmakers are saying because they want to try to put extra pressure to pass the regulation bill, which they should. But, um, you know, at the very least, I think that it's possible that um, some form of compromise is possible in Delaware in the near future going forward. So hopefully we won't have too much longer to wait in uh, in that state. Um, but in terms of national significance, I think that it's kind of indicative that um, the issue of cannabis policy reform and legalization has gotten a lot more complicated as people learn more about it. And as states are able to look at what has happened elsewhere and start looking at a lot more of the details uh, of the legislation, rather than having it be you know, relatively simple as it, uh, as it had been in the past. Um, and you know, the fact that lawmakers seem to be pretty engaged on details uh, while occasionally frustrating, I think overall is a good sign. And any uh, impact of the fact that this is President Biden's home state and they're afraid to maybe upset their native son? Um, you know, if uh, if that's the uh, the reason why uh, things are, are moving slowly, uh, it's the first I've heard of it. Um, in yeah, terms of the right. potential benefit of that, you know, honestly, I think it would be huge. You know, if, uh, you know, 
President Biden on a weekly basis is going back and forth between two jurisdictions where cannabis is legal, uh, it definitely creates uh, an opportunity to, to put a little bit more pressure on them. There you go. Hey, Morgan Fox from the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws, our favorite lobbyist in Washington, D.C. I so appreciate talking with you every third Friday of every month. And please keep up the good work, Morgan. Thanks, Jimmy. Talk to you soon. You bet. And we are going to take our first break now on Green Rush Live. And I can tell you, you want to stay tuned until the final interview, because I'm sitting down with a woman named Tanya Griffin from ohyes.love. And yes, we're talking about that three-letter word that, as she says, anybody who's interested in sex should check out her products. We'll have that after our regular 420 salute through Jonathan Edwards and Shanty. Back with more of Green Rush Live from MJ Unpacked in New York after this. Hi, my name's Tai Chang. I'm the president and founder of Aloha Green Apothecary in Hawaii. We're a vertically integrated medical cannabis company with three dispensaries, uh, one extraction lab, and one cultivation center near the North Shore of Oahu. We have over 150 employees now, and we've been working with Adaptive HR to meet our, meet our human resource needs. We're super excited to work with them as we expand, and we've grown uh, at least two, three times over the last two years. So we look forward to a good relationship with Adaptive, and uh, come visit us in Hawaii anytime. Aloha. Talk and In the Weeds are two productions of pro-cannabis media supported by Revolutionary Clinics, one of the top medical cannabis dispensaries in the Massachusetts area, now with three locations in Greater Boston, two in Cambridge, and one on Broadway in Somerville. Rev Clinics has a patient-first mission. They will customize your needs as a medical patient with the proper titration and combination of strains, flavors, and products. Rev Clinics, where the patient comes first. Difference is building a solution for that individual. Not just a custom, here's a box, here's a video, here's how you make your VMS. We custom design and custom build every situation for exactly what the customer needs. And we keep the cost low. We have multiple tiers, you know, as far as what you're looking at on the cost side of things. If you want a one-time, you know, where you just pay one initial cost, we have that. If you want to maintain your system and have the highest protection and highest capabilities and highest upgrades at all times, we have different plans for you. But we scale it so it's scalable and affordable 100%. Hey, you want to grow your own plants? Check out Style Lighting's Grow Kit. It has everything you need to become an expert home grower and bring the power of the sun indoors. Style Lighting uses TCP's high-powered commercial LEDs that deliver twice the output in the market. The Grow Kit has a grow bag, a timer, chains to hang the light, and of course the best in the business lighting system by TCP. Check out stylelighting.shop for more information.
Pro-Cannabis Media Programming is available live and on demand on our Facebook page at Pro-Cannabis Media, on Instagram at Pro-Cannabis Media, on LinkedIn also at Pro-Cannabis Media, on YouTube and YouTube Live on Pro-Cannabis Media, Twitter at Pro-Cannabis Media, and on twitch.tv backslash Pro-Cannabis Media. So like, share, and subscribe to all of our content, newsletters, and shows live or on demand. We are Pro Cannabis Media.